Okay, I want to speak to you about um, the building church uh, post lockdown. Um, some people continue uh, to be frightened about COVID and obviously it is very much still with us. Um, um, church leaders need to be um, understanding uh, towards such people if they're staying away from church. You need to be gentle with them. Uh, but even aside from that, it seems um, that many churches are finding it difficult um, to get back into gear, um, to get up to full speed after lockdown. And uh, we've all found it very wearing, uh, the pandemic. And many people have stepped back from their voluntary ministries in churches. I've uh, heard a lot about that. And we all do need re-energising and encouraging. So I wanted to do something which I thought might be helpful um, in rebuilding church post-lockdown. Um, first of all, the first thing I want to say is I think we need to, we're feeling very weary, but we need to approach this positively. Um, uh, things are not easy, um, um, but I think we can take things um, in, in, in a... a with, with a good heart about this. God has certainly shaken um, world, shaken the kingdoms of this world, finance, politics, media, um, industry, um, through uh, the pandemic. Um, but God's shakings of, of our world are always with the good of his kingdom and therefore of his church um, in mind. So we need to come to this in, in, in a, a positive attitude. Um, our churches have been shaken too, um, but actually I want to encourage you to think that we are being given by this an excellent opportunity by our Father in heaven to take stock, to pray, um, to rethink, and so to rebuild. And we can rebuild better uh, than, than before. That's the point. Um, the world is changing. Um, uh, God is giving us a space, if you like, to step back to prepare us for perhaps the next phase of history. There are signs that the shape of society in coming years uh, will be quite different from what we have known previously. So the idea is let's let's make the most actually. People realize that we've got to do a bit of rebuilding after, after lockdown, but let's make the most of, of this opportunity to reset uh, our course as it were. And um, we can think about the church inwardly, outwardly, uh, upwardly, um, inwardly fellowship, outwardly evangelism, upwardly worship. And in fact, we've produced uh, something on the Pastors Academy website, which covers all those things, um, perhaps in a bit more depth than what I'm saying to you this morning. But um, the essence of church, it seems to me, is the fellowship, is the inward life. And I want us to look briefly at that and concentrate um, on on, on that. Um, two things to say really. First of all, the New Testament church is not, is not absolutely not like Tesco's or Sainsbury's. It's not simply a resource uh, for individuals to come and, uh, or families to come and, and get spiritual supplies um, for the coming week. It's not a, a something, a hub that services or provides for clients or, or customers their personal lives. Sadly, I think that's the way that many churches want to go. They feel themselves, you know, that we could be the hub, we could be, you know, you know 
in, in that kind of way, um, and actually it's quite proud um, about that. Um, but church is not simply a resource. It's something which is to be nurtured in and of itself. It's something which is precious in and of itself. So the first thing I want to say is please don't have that attitude towards rebuilding. Secondly, the main pictures of church in the New Testament are those of a family and a body, God's people loving, supporting one another. Um, society is increasingly individualistic. Let, let's not go that way with the church, increasingly sort of fragmented, just servicing people. But rather, um, let's the, the church, is, we're to be a family, and indeed a family for everybody, um, everyone who will trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. So I want to encourage you to think in terms, when you think in terms of rebuilding the church, think in terms of rebuilding a family, uh, the, the family of the church, the brothers and sisters, the household of God, the relationships. And perhaps you have lost um, people from uh, leading works in the church, um, and it's very tempted just to think about getting people to lead those things again. But I want you to think about rebuilding the people before you think in terms of um, getting people to fill the positions. Um, I, I think we need in, in the, using the picture, well-known picture, we need to concentrate on the vine at the moment before, before the trellis. Um, so rebuilding church as the, as, a, as the family of God, people who really um, are connected with each other. I think that's so important at this time. Well, pastors and elders need to bear this in mind post lockdown. Um, so I've got four suggestions for pastors and church leaders, um, and they are visitation, motivation, communion, integration. Um, now, some of these things you might think, oh, well, that's, that's old hat, we know that. But I think some of the things I've got to say might um, actually be quite radical for you to think through uh, afresh in a new way. So let me first of all think a little bit about visitation. When we visit people as pastors, pastors, you're a key man. Um, there are people who came to church before lockdown who haven't reappeared. Um, the good shepherd goes after the strays pastor you have to go and seek them out and tell them they matter you are part of the family we love you some people need that at this particular time they need to know that they have not been forgotten perhaps in their frailty they're they're not forgotten uh, and God of course rebukes careless shepherds uh, you have not strengthened the weak says Ezekiel 34 or healed the sick or bound up the injured. You have not brought back the strays or searched for the lost. You've ruled them harshly. This is, this is not where we want to be as pastors and church leaders. And it may well be um, that Jesus' parable comes in uh, at this point. Though uh, most of your people may have returned, don't forget the one or two who haven't. Go and visit them. Find out what is going on with them. Jesus says, suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Does he not leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? You know that parable. So visitation, get to people and, and make them to know that they, they matter. You're part of the family. Second heading here is motivation. Um, 
motivation, just communicating to people, it's a great privilege to be part of God's family. And that will, I think, re-energize and, and, and motivate people. People have lost a bit of spiritual uh, momentum. There's been a kind of a loosening of ties. I think in many churches, they need to be re-energized, given some motivation. Generally, people will not be well motivated by church leaders who get heavy handed. I need to say that and aggressive towards them. Sometimes people do need challenging, of course, but be careful, pastor, just at this time. Um, if they're already discouraged, they don't need to be crushed or, or shouted at or anything like that. Christ does not break the bruised reed. Church leaders um, with an agenda set by, by anger um, do, are not going to do any good. The church needs renewing, motivating, inwardly but that will start as individuals are renewed and rebuilt individuals are renewed and rebuilt inwardly motivation of course first of all comes from a gracious pulpit uh, people need to see christ in all his glory power and beautiful grace they need to see him for the church they need to be encouraged in the love of god they need to be told that jesus words Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Apply not just to inquiring sinners, but to broken saints. Um, they need to know that when Jesus says, whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. That applies to his own people, feeling their, their sins and unworthiness as much as to anybody else. The Apostle Paul 2, Corinthians, 2 Timothy 2 verse 1 tells us that we are strengthened not by grit and determination, first of all, but by grace, the grace of God. And people need strengthening at this time. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. So people need to fall in love with Christ again. So pastor, choose a, a preaching series which is full of Christ, extols Christ, sends people out of church at the end of the service thinking, what a saviour, and isn't it great to be a Christian? So there's motivation, visitation motivation. The next little heading I have is communion. And of course, we're thinking in terms of family, and communion is the family meal table. Um, uh, that's, you know, it, it's, it's something you know we sit down together and uh, as, as families around the table and, and there's a great sense of we belong here and that's what communion is meant to do in scripture of course eating together is of immense importance it's the mark of acceptance and unity the lord eats with abraham genesis 18 the passover is shared by all the families of israel it's the mark of the nation's identity the meal says, this is who you are. This is who we are, the redeemed people of God. The elders of Israel um, ate with the Lord on the mountain as a sign of the covenant bond between the Lord uh, and Israel. And the significance, of course, of eating together is, is, is why uh, the Lord Jesus got into so much trouble with the Pharisees for eating with sinners. Um, it, it looked as if God accepted sinners. Um, um, and, and, and this is why, of course, the second great ordinance of, of the church after baptism is a meal together around the table of the Lord, because eating means we are family. And, and that communion is meant to 
give us that identity as a church. We are together um, around the Lord's table. Now, here perhaps I'm going to be a little bit radical um, because I think that just tacking communion on at the end of a preaching service for 10 minutes really doesn't fit the bill. Um, it, 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 it takes away from all that I've been saying about eating together. Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper as part of the Passover meal. They were having a feast together. Um, in Corinth, the meal together was being abused, but it was a meal together. But our normal procedures in churches have, have vitiated that. Our little cubes of bread and personal communion and cups give the message that salvation is all very individualistic. Um, well, we might need individual communion cups during this time of uh, virus, etc. But we don't want to undermine that whole aspect that the communion is meant to be saying we're together. We are together the people of God. So maybe this is something that ought to be done differently and uh, rebuilt in a different way uh, post lockdown. Um, you should think perhaps about having the communion service as a separate service. Yes, of course, with the word of God, but nevertheless, as a, a separate service linked with a, a meal as a church. This is the way to build fellowship. The communion is both spiritual and social. Um, if you like. There's nothing wrong with having a few uh, social events for the church to build family spirit, but the real place for that is to part and parcel of the communion, the Lord's, the Lord's Supper. Eating together equates with family. It is a deep way of saying this is us, this is us. So visitation, motivation, communion and integration. Um, and by this, I'm really going to talk about um, the possibility of um, a kind of membership course for your church. Um, membership course, integrating people into the church, saying this is the family and, and, and this is your role in it. So as part of integrating new people into the church, I mean, perhaps some, some churches will have lost people, others will have gained uh, new people. Um, and... When we've gained new people, perhaps it would be good to set up um, a membership course. This gives people um, the opportunity, uh, without strings attached, uh, to see what the church stands for, um, its doctrine, its ecclesiology, its spirit, without first committing. It's a kind of come and see opportunity. And then uh, they can make an informed decision about really jumping in and saying, yes, we're committing ourselves uh, fully what you don't want is just a kind of people coming along but you know always on the periphery always just hanging around but never really uh, committed um, so that needs to be that needs to be said um, the new testament does teach church membership um, 1 corinthians 12 um, romans 12 um, uses the word member and our word membership comes from the idea of members of a body, uh, different parts of the body, which Paul um, also uses um, very, very often in his letters. And if you're looking for a well-connected and committed church, a rebuilt, recommitted church, uh, then really uh, you have to be upfront, I think, about membership. Um, and uh, certainly it makes uh, a helpful part of rebuilding, especially in the light of new people coming along, because 
what you don't want, as I say, is just people attending, but never really kind of getting their hands dirty and getting committed to the church. Um, that's not gonna help the church, is it just having a, a very um, big fringe, as it were. Um, it's not, that's got, not gonna help you re regain the, the, the closeness. Membership courses integrate people into the fellowship, and maybe it would be an idea for the whole church, <laughs> um, perhaps midweek or something, to go through a membership course. Um, uh, you can write your own, or uh, in fact, if you, if you contact the seminary, I can give you um, a, a membership course that I, I wrote some years ago for, for the church. Uh, for the whole membership to go through a, a um, membership course to refresh the attitudes, even of the ones who have been in the church a long time, and to remind them of what it's really all about. So visitation, motivation, communion and integration, that's what I'm pressing upon you uh, today. Some of these things, as I say, might seem quite radical to you if you've never had a membership course or something. But perhaps we need to be radical. Um, as I say, we need to make the most of this opportunity. Let's, let's really capitalise um, on rebuilding after, after lockdown. The churches are very precious to God. Uh, times are changing. Let's take this opportunity re to rebuild in a very good and solid way especially the fellowship of, of the church. Let's try to make the churches the best, uh, well, fit for purpose <laughs> in a changing world and, 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 as, and as, as good as they possibly can be. So I hope that's been of some uh, use to you as we think about um, uh, rebuilding after, after, after lockdown.